Hey everyone, this is a bonus Q&A episode. I try and uh, answer questions live every Thursday. Uh, You can sign up to come to my free live Q&A at schoolforthedogs.com slash Q and A and you will see the next one I'm doing. I then am trying to take recordings of those Q&As and post them here to the podcast feed. If you have a question, you can email me directly, Annie at School for the Dogs. You can also go to anchor.fm slash dogs and record your question there. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining me, folks. Um, I have two questions here that were submitted. As always, you can join me for these Q&A sessions live uh, in two places, either in the uh, new School for the Dogs app, which is free, and you can get there uh, by looking up School for the Dogs community in the App Store or Play Store, or going to Uh, schoolforthedogs.com slash community. Uh, Or you can join me uh, in webinar format at schoolforthedogs.com slash Q&A. And um, you can submit a question in advance, as some people have done here at anniegrossman.com slash ask. Uh, So two questions this week, uh, and they have, um, there's a common thread. Uh, in my answers. All right, first one is regarding Wilson, who's currently uh, a School for the Dogs puppy student, uh, but under and, and is very excited for prep school at School for the Dogs. Uh, which is starting next month after graduating from puppy kindergarten. He's very rarely had an accident in our apartment, but given that he was still getting used to going downstairs, upstairs not being a problem, we've always carried him outside to eliminate. We thought we were golden, saying okay once we made it outside and treating right after he eliminated. Wilson's much more confident walking downstairs now, however. Uh, We're in a fourth floor walk-up in New York City. On foot, he's having about a 50-50 success rate holding his bladder until we get all the way downstairs and out the two front doors. Any tips for how we can help him out? Because he is getting heavy. (laughs) Uh, They also note that he he is eating uh, puppy kibble uh, and um, and treats. His high-value treats are freeze-dried duck and boiled chicken. so I think a 50-50% rate and nearly 100% success rate of getting this uh, 
puppy to pee and poop outside is actually pretty good. So thumbs up to you guys, uh, Zach and Molly, uh, Wilson's people. Um, you know, this is behavior that, that anything else can be shaying him down 90% of the way and then letting him walk the last 10% of the way. Uh, and if you can have success uh, with that without him going during that last 10% of the way outside, uh, then start <coughs> carrying him down 85% of the way. And uh, let him walk the last 15% of the way. Um, two other tips. You know, he's still a puppy. Like, his bladder is going to get stronger. He's still developing. Uh, so, you know, it's possible that the excitement of going out combined with his puppy-ish uh, young bladder um, isn't quite ready to handle being able to go all the way down. Um, but again, you can build, help him build this behavior, the behavior of holding it uh, little by little. And certainly if you get outside and he has not peed or pooped, you would, should reward that behavior. I mean, being outside might be a reward in and of itself, but sure, why not also give it a treat, give him a treat. Um, but a couple other tips. One, uh, if he is a fan of peanut butter uh, or anything else that you can put in a liquid treat dispenser, which we do have at storeforthedogs.com uh, and in our shop, maybe you already have one, Zach and Molly. Um, you could put anything licky, anything lickable in the treat dispenser, um, cream cheese, I don't know, cheese whiz, liverwurst, but peanut butter is a, is a good option. I would kind of like, as soon as you put him down, give him uh, a squeeze of peanut butter, and um, you can even kind of lead him out the door with some peanut butter because, you know, if he's focused on a mouthful of peanut butter, he is going to be less likely to focus on emptying his bladder. <laughs> um, uh, just like just like humans, hard to eat peanut butter and pee or poop at the same time. <laughs> Not something I personally tried. Um, you know, it doesn't even have to be peanut. Like they have to work on it in their mouths a little bit, and um, he doesn't have to like stop to chew and swallow it. You can just kind of like squeeze, lead him out, have him follow the the tube as you go out. My second tip would be to get him very used to being in a bag. Um, for a, a slightly larger dog, um, you know, 30-ish pounds, uh, I would suggest either using um, like a boat and tote bag. I think it's L.L. Bean or Land's End that makes boat and totes. Um, they're not specifically made for dogs, but they're really nice, sturdy canvas bags that you can put over your shoulder and um, he could go in or you could use a canine sport sack um, which is a, a dog backpack that has a cool design they're designed so the dog's front paws um, kind of sit on your shoulder shoulders uh, and <clears throat> 
they make one. Um, there, there are lots of different models of canine sports sack. We also do carry the canine sports sack at, at our um, East Village shop and online. Um, the trainer is a really nice one to start with because it's, it's the least expensive one. Um, you can use it to get him used to being in a bag, make sure it's the right size. They make kind of these like uh, blocks that look kind of like foam yoga blocks that you can put in the bottom of them to uh, help uh, ensure it is a good fit. Um, but, you know, you rather than carrying them outside, just like in your arms, which I'm imagining you're probably doing, um, you could use that opportunity to get him used to being in one of these bags. And I, for one, am a really big fan of putting dogs in bags uh, whenever possible. I think it can help them. Uh, it can help you just spend more time with your dog, because if you have a dog who is comfortable in a bag, uh, you can bring your dog more places with you, and that means that you guys can can hang out more together. Um, so those are the two kinds of bags that I would suggest you look at. And so, you know, and it's a nice opportunity whenever you're going out to practice him getting used, practice getting used, for him to practice getting used to uh, just existing in the bag. And, um, and again, you don't have to carry him down the entire way in the bag. You could stop, uh, you know, at the end of the third flight of stairs. Um, lastly, of course, you can teach him uh, that there is an okay place to go inside um, with my dog, my new dog, Poppy. I've been using uh, like a, a little grass patch with her inside. Um, I've also been using wee wee pads sometimes, partially because she seems like she really doesn't like the cold. And I want her to be really comfortable outside, so I don't want to for and when it's really cold out, I don't want to even when she, even if I bundle her up, she seems sort of unhappy, and I don't want to force her in the out in the cold weather. Um, just yet. I want to sort of acclimate her to her new life, to New York City, to just being comfortable in the world before I ask her to do this, do her uh, her pee and poop business outside. Um, so for that reason, I've been using a, a like a potty patch uh, doggy lawn, uh, I think is the one I have. Um, actually, there's a coupon section in the app. And there's a coupon for the doggy lawn in there if you go there. Um, uh, you could also use a wee-wee pad and have the wee-wee pad, um, you know, you can teach a dog that they can go on the wee-wee pad when the wee-wee pad is down, but not other times. And uh, that's also an option. You know, I, I think it's okay to teach a dog, especially if you live in, you know, in a in a building where it's going to take 20 minutes, or I'm exaggerating, but it could take you 10 minutes to get out of your building if you live in um, on a high story, for example, and you have to wait for the elevator, or if you live up four, five, six flights of stairs, as many people do in New York City, um, you know, having that indoor option uh, can be a good idea. Um, but don't worry too much. He's still a really young pup, and I think you're doing pretty well, and his bladder is going to get stronger. Oh, my last suggestion was going to be to maybe try switching up his food. Um, puppies do need uh, puppy food, so you could keep giving him that puppy kibble for like one meal, um, but maybe for the other meal, try a non-processed, a less processed, uh, frozen or fresh food. Uh, in my experience, the closer um, 
you go to giving your dog like whole foods, foods that are, you know, closer to what they originally were, less processed foods, um, the better it runs through their body, the less waste it produces and the less pee and poop it produces. So usually dry food or even canned food, in my experience, makes dogs pee and poop more than uh, a, a fresh or like high quality frozen or even dehydrated or freeze dried food. Um, we love Evermore at School for the Dogs. It's the only brand of food that we carry. It's a frozen food. Actually, I do have a podcast episode that I did with Hannah, one of my good friends, and she's the owner, <clears throat> excuse me, of Evermore. Um, it's what I have fed, uh, my dogs for years. Um, but there are other good brands too. Um, Nom Nom Now, or I think it's just called Nom Nom Now is one I've used, um, Farmer's Dog is one that's out there. Um, yeah, so there's plenty plenty of brands of food now that, that are um, good options. And really, you know, if you go to the, like, frozen section of the pet store, um, you'll find Stella and Chewy's and Instinct. All of those foods, um, I'm going to guess, are going to make your dog pee and poop less. All right, our second question comes from Angela, who uh, actually lives in Scotland. Hello, Angela, over the ocean. <clears throat> she has a uh, Romanian rescue mix, perhaps some collie in, in her, <laughs> small to medium size. Uh, Angela writes, I've recently adopted uh, a Romanian rescue. She's five months old and absolutely petrified of the world. Inside the house, she's really good, seems very relaxed. However, uh, I'm still trying to get used to the cat, which is a whole other stress for me. Uh, it's a stress for you, Angela. It's probably a stress for her, too. Um, uh, however, outside, every little noise frightens her. Going out in the garden to do her business is three seconds long. She doesn't enjoy it unless it's the middle of the night when all is quiet and walks are painful to both of us. She whines to turn back for about half the journey and is so frightened of every car, person, or anything, really, that we come across. She has learned some commands quite quickly but anything she's learned goes out the window when we go outside. I know it will take some time for her to get used to everything with her being in kennels for such a young age, but I want to make sure I do everything correctly by her. Can you help? Thank you. Um, so, um, you know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot here. Um, it's possible that your environment, the environment you live in might be too much for her to deal with. You know, I don't know exactly the background she came from. Unfortunately, some dogs, and I don't, I also don't know exactly where you live, but I, I know I've seen many dogs who are just um, from a young age, showing that they're unable to um, deal with all the anxieties of living in a big city. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to suggest some things you can do, but I just want to make clear that I don't think there's a magic bullet solution here. There are definitely some things you can try, but um, some dogs, whether it's because of um, their, uh, their very um, early uh, months on this earth and how, how they're, they're, they were treated or how they lived during that time, um, or, or like the things that they were or weren't exposed to, or because of just like, you know, the the cocktail of chemicals they were born with, or because of epigenetics. Um, you know, there there are genes that can turn on and off um, 
because of stressors, uh, even stressors that could have happened to, to the mother while the mother was pregnant. I mean, there's any number of reasons why a dog might be highly anxious and um, a highly anxious dog uh, might be triggered by things that you can't necessarily control. And it's possible that training might not help. However, there are certainly some things that you can try before you resort to, for example, um, talking to a veterinary behaviorist about medications or uh, finding a home that's in a environment that will be less stressful for the dog. First of all, I would again suggest a bag, getting a good bag that you can get this dog comfortable in because uh, I'm guessing that if you can get her comfortable being in a bag outside, uh, physically being close to you, being close enough to you where you can easily be giving a steady stream of, of treats or something like peanut butter, um, I'm guessing that's going to help her learn to feel more comfortable outside. Uh, it's going to help her feel less like um, at the mercy of all things outside. I think being tethered um, outside, you know, on a leash with a collar, like for a lot of dogs, easy to imagine that being on a leash and collar uh, is a stressful enough thing. And um, being on a leash and a collar outside in the crazy, on the crazy streets uh, can be asking a lot. Um, so she might feel safer if she is um, just very physically close to you. What you can do is, you know, bring her to a park bench and just sit on a park bench and feed, feed, feed. I would give her as many of her meals as possible in that way. Now, it's possible that she's going to be so terrified outside that she won't be able to eat. That's good information for you. I mean, that that might point to um, some of the things I was saying before that, you know, rehoming might be the answer or medication might be the answer. Um, but before you consider those things, and if she is really too terrified to eat outside, then try going out at three in the morning. Try going out at like going to like the least crazy place you can possibly think of um, and build up from that. Um, but the more meals and the more treats you can give her outside at this point, the better. And I wouldn't even focus too much on getting her to pee and poop outside because we first just want to have her feel comfortable um, existing outside. Uh, and uh, if you can get her to do her, her other business uh, in your yard for the moment, um, although it sounds like that's a little bit of a struggle too, but that's probably less stressful for her than being outside on the street. If being outside in the street is too much, you could of course also feed her meals uh, in the yard. Uh, now, you know, there are, um, remedies or, you know, sort of things that you can do from the outside in in order to try and help her. Uh, you might have heard of the Thunder Shirt, um, which is something that can reduce anxiety in some dogs. It's like a very tightly fitting shirt. Um, Thunder Shirt is a brand name, but you could probably also just use like a, a small child shirt. I've even seen people um, like wrap their dogs with ace bandages uh, for whatever reason. Um, that kind of pressure all over a dog's body can be very soothing to some dogs, so it could help. 
There's also dog appeasing pheromone, uh, often called DAP, uh, Adaptil is a brand. We also do carry that in our online store in our shop uh, in Manhattan. Um, they make a spray that you can put on um, like a bandana and put it around your dog's neck. Uh, you could put it, um, they also make like a, a collar. Um, I think uh, they, they make a collar, they make like room diffusers. DAP is a pheromone um, that resembles the pheromone in um, dog mother's milk and it can be um, very soothing to some dogs. So that is certainly something else that you can try. Um, lavender collars <clears throat> as well. There's a company called Calming Collars, I think it's called, uh, that makes lavender-filled collars. Lavender also can be very soothing. Um, so these are things that, you know, these are things that you could try, might not make a difference, but um, it could. Uh, rescue Remedy is also like a home homeopathic drops that some people give their dogs. So uh, all things um, worth, worth giving a go. Um, uh, worst case scenario, uh, you try them all at once and then you're not sure which one works <laughs> and you can work backwards from there. Um, best case scenario, uh, it's clear right away which thing works, if any. Um, but again, uh, we always want to make sure we're focusing on how a dog is feeling, especially a dog who is fearful, before we start focusing on teaching them specific behaviors. If she's already feeling and seeming comfortable inside, then inside, I would definitely work on teaching her some basic cues and even maybe work on teaching just some fun stuff. Um, you know, teach her, do some clicker training, teach her tricks and silly things as much as possible because that's going to both build her confidence and it's going to uh, help her um, feel good about being with you. It's going to help her like both feel like she has some kind of control over her environment, right? When we're clicker training is all about operant conditioning and it's called operant conditioning because our our subject is operating on the environment to produce change. It's also called instrumental conditioning because uh, the animal is instrumental in producing change in their environment. And if you can produce change and you're not just like a victim of your surroundings, that certainly can build confidence. Um, and it's also, I mean, if you did nothing but just feed her treats inside and you're not <laughs> teaching her specific behaviors with cues, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you know, at the very least, she's still going to be learning to um, learning that you're a source of good things, that you keep her safe and that um, when you're outside with her, um, then that can uh, I, I, I always think of it like like a tea bag. Like you be, you could become the tea bag of good things that is infusing whatever environment you are in with your dog um, with goodness, feelings of safety etc etc um likewise uh i'm not sure what you're feeding ava but i also would suggest um going towards a fresh food uh something as as whatever you can find that um is as least processed as possible as that might also affect her behavior just as with people more processed foods um don't always produce the best uh uh, brain states and the best emotional states, um, whole foods, 
could help her just kind of like um, be a little bit more comfortable in the world. Um, but again, as I said in the beginning, not every environment is going to be right for every dog. I, you know, before I became a dog trainer, I thought, you know, training can, can solve any issue. There's no issue um, that a dog can't be trained to handle, et cetera, et cetera. I, do, I don't feel like that any longer. Um, now I do think that sometimes the, the kindest thing to do to a dog is to find an environment that is going to be a better fit for them. And uh, that's a kindness that we can provide. And, um, you know, given that we don't know what her life was like before we're coming to you, um, you know, it could be her behavior could be based on things she experienced or didn't experience during that time. It could be uh, it could be just, you know, like a baked in chemistry. Um, we don't know. So I hope you'll try these things. I hope you'll let me know. Um, if you have any success and, uh, yeah, just remember classical conditioning first, always trying to think about, uh, the dog's emotions and helping the dog feel the way we want them to feel before we focus on getting them to do all the things we want them to do. If you haven't checked it out already, I do suggest checking out, um, my master class, uh, Angela, which you can find at anniegrosman.com slash masterclass. Uh, it goes over the different kinds of learning a little bit and I think might be helpful. All right. Thank you everyone for joining me and I will see you next Thursday.